From Freshworks, this is The Changemakers, a podcast following IT leaders as they challenge the status quo and transform the technology behind world-leading companies. Freshworks makes it fast and easy for businesses to deliver delight with software that is simple, agile, and intuitive. Welcome to episode three, let the games begin. In the world of startups, there's a phenomenon called the Valley of Despair. It's the point in a company's journey when the initial enthusiasm wears off, the work gets tough, and results slow down. It can feel like you're working for no reason, and like the finish line is always out of reach. A lot of entrepreneurs quit, but the bravest leaders stick with it. They hold their mission close and keep on working. Eventually, they start climbing out of the valley. They climb up and up, surpassing their original starting point. And when they arrive at the next peak, their business is stronger than ever. The valley of despair is tough, but you have to go through it to achieve great things. And it's the same story in digital transformation. IT leaders spend months, sometimes years, on research, analysis, and planning. When they get to the implementation phase, it can feel like the end of the process, but the work is only getting started. They dive into the transformation and suddenly the project balloons. Simple processes become convoluted. Easy integrations turn tricky. Performance often dips. When they're down in the valley, the finish line can feel like a million miles away, but it's not. Just like entrepreneurs, IT leaders need to stay strong and fight their way through to the other side. So what happened to our changemakers when they stopped planning and started executing? There wasn't much confidence in the IT team. For instance, there was a time when uh, when I first joined, company email went down for a week. I mean, literally like seven days. And people were like, oh, okay, oh, whatever. I'm going to use Gmail. I'm going to use Yahoo. And, you know, because they just expected it to be this way. They're like, oh, yeah, IT, there they go again. You know, <laughs> there wasn't even any kind of uproar or outrage. It was just so accepted that, you know, IT is not going to work and systems weren't going to work. That's Ian Leslie, IT governance and portfolio management lead at Dangote Industries. Before we dive into Ian's story, here's a quick primer on the company. It dates back to the 1970s, when it emerged as a local Nigerian importer. In the late 1990s, they pivoted to manufacturing by opening salt works, sugar refineries, and cement plants. Through the 90s and early 2000s, it grew at breakneck pace. When Ian arrived in 2013, the company was already a Pan-African manufacturing conglomerate. But as you just heard, one department wasn't exactly cutting edge. IT. Dangote recruited Ian, along with several other IT professionals, to fix things. Faced with the scale of the challenge, they brought in an external consultancy who recommended Dangote using a complex ITSM platform called BMC Remedy. But it was too much too fast. They didn't have the underlying processes in place. We went live and the gap between reality and what we had on the tool was just too difficult. You know, we we just couldn't bridge it. And the users were confused. They didn't like the UI. The help desk team were confused as well. The implementation stalled and then it collapsed. The experience sent Ian back to the drawing board. Instead of bringing on another tool, he decided to fix Dangote's foundations. He rewrote the entire process manual. 
designing new incident management processes, service request workflows, change management policies, and problem management plans. He rolled out an open-source ITSM platform called Spiceworks. It was basic and built for small businesses, but it was good enough to test out his improvements. Once everything was running perfectly, he migrated everything over to an enterprise tool. In terms of implementation, we had a service catalog defined already in Spiceworks. So we started off with that. We looked at mapping some of our processes. Some of them we were able to scale pretty well and you know, transfer it on. Some of them we, we actually decide to look at our existing processes and redraw them to suit the tool better and to also work better for us copying some old processes over and looking at some of the processes with a fresh pair of eyes, saying, oh, how can we tweak this to ensure that it works well on a digital scale? So that was a pretty big effort in terms of defining all our services. I would say redefining because we did have something to start out with and loading it onto fresh service. Today, Dangote's IT department is nothing like it was when Ian arrived. Its processes are secure and stable. Its platforms are reliable and trustworthy. And if the company's emails go down, you can be sure that Ian will hear about it from his colleagues. While Ian's strategy of testing processes on an open-source platform is unusual, testing itself is not. We started with a vision to modernize our support platform, to have a modern help desk platform. But that's just a statement. Our actually bigger vision was that we wanted to have a platform which is the help desk platform within EF. We wanted to bring all the support functions onto one platform. We wanted that help desk platform to be the most important part of staff's everyday professional life. That's Sumit Kohli. You might remember him from episode one. He's the head of collaboration platforms at Education First and had to roll out a new help desk platform in just three months to coincide with the company's new headquarters opening. But as you've just heard, Sumit's plans were far more ambitious than that. He wanted to unify the company's patchwork network of support platforms and transform how employees engaged with the IT department. And that's a huge project. It's way too big to tackle all at once. So Sumit broke it down. We actually broke it down and we started the scope as something which is manageable. We started with a smaller scope. So what we did was we actually launched this support platform, which is Fresh Service, with the opening of our new headquarters in Zurich, just for the IT support for Zurich office. And when I say headquarters, I mean that office actually is a multi-product office. It has the representation of all EF products in that office. So which we thought was the right platform to launch the product because it will gain the attention, it will give us the feedback, and if it works well, we would then be able to advertise it and make it align with our uh, vision that we have. The test project was almost perfect. As Meet said, the Zurich headquarters was a multi-product office, meaning it did a little bit of everything. It was like a smaller version of the whole company. After rolling out fresh service, Sumit mined the Zurich team for information to learn what was working and what needed to improve. Talking in terms of new technology rollouts or new service rollouts, 
I always feel that feedback loop is missing. Even though the feedback is talked about during the launch or during the product implementation, there is less importance given to it when the product is actually released to see how it is actually taken by the people that are using it. In this case, what we did was we actually gave them a feedback button at the bottom. And it was a simple process in the backend. Whenever the feedback was submitted, an email was triggered and I was actually getting that email and I was making sure that I actually read all the feedbacks and make summary of the feedbacks of the improvements that we can do. And if something wasn't right from the feedback where the user was wrong, I made sure that I initiated the contact with the user and made that clear. So they felt that their feedbacks were actually getting accounted for rather than going in a black box. So we actually had about like 500 feedbacks from the people. And that actually helped us to do the further improvements few months after the new setup was launched in May 2020. That willingness to adapt, change, and pivot is often the difference between the success and failure of a transformation. Because as they say, no plan survives first contact with reality. By remaining open and receptive, Sumit could course correct and keep his implementation on the path to success. Another one of our changemakers liked this idea a lot. Instead of using feedback to refine, perfect, and optimize, he harnessed his whole team to design the nuts and bolts of the service. I think there's nothing wrong with just setting it up and and then adjusting it on the fly. You know, it's almost like the the Google and, and other startup ways of working is you throw something at the wall and you see if it sticks. We weren't damaging anything. We weren't going to break anything. We would still be able to respond to people's support requests. And we had the ability to learn and refine the product in, in a live environment, which we could have never have done in a hypothetical environment. That's Colin McCarthy, VP of Global IT at Essence. We heard from him back in episode one. He told us about how Essence grew quickly, outpacing its old IT infrastructure. When it came time to implement a new system, Colin honestly wasn't sure what support his teammates needed. So he designed an MVP, launched it to the company, and asked people what they thought of it. I was sort of overwhelmed, and it was because I was being asked lots of questions. It's like, how do you want this queue set up? How do you want that queue set up? What should happen if this happens? What role do we need to set up for here? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know how we want it set up, so I'm not going to overthink it. Let's just have all of our emails feeding into it. And once we get some live data, then we'll know what to do with it. Because looking at my email inbox and the emails that are coming in, which are you know the email tickets, I can't visualize accurately what it's going to have to look, out, look like in fresh service. So Let's just throw some light, have the emails. We can carry on receiving them in our normal inbox and we'll you know, respond to them that way. Let's send a copy into the, the ticketing, you know, into fresh service. Then we'll be able to see some live data, some live questions coming in. Then we'll be able to work out how we want to have it structured. One memorable fix came during the first few weeks of the COVID-19 pandemic. Previously, IT support was grouped by office. London engineers picked up tickets in London. New York techs handled tickets in New York. You get the idea. But the pandemic threw a wrench in the works. When you have a much more of a dispersed workforce, 
and also people not going into an office and not working from nine till five or nine till six. It's very difficult. I found it initially a lot of people on the East Coast that would have families, they would open a ticket at seven o'clock at night. They'd open a ticket after 6 p.m. So that's normally when the New York guys have stopped working for the day. But that ticket at seven o'clock would be stuck in the New York queue when I've got a whole team out on the West Coast. It's only four o'clock their time. They could easily pick up that ticket. So we just like, were, well, let's get rid of some of our separate queues for different offices and locations and just make one giant queue for North America and then when you do have people working different hours or in different time zones, instead of having these smaller teams picking up tickets, we've got one giant team picking up tickets. And that simple change that we implemented was very beneficial. Colin says he's made hundreds of small tweaks and changes to the platform since it went live. Each one adds another 1% or 2% to their performance. It's a helpful reminder that change initiatives are never really done. Yes, we get new tools live, but there will always be an opportunity to improve, refine, and optimize. You've been listening to the Changemakers from Freshworks. As we've seen, the valley of despair can be a pretty daunting place. Work feels never-ending. Results seem non-existent. Perfectly laid plans often end up crumpled in the trash. But the Changemakers who held steady and kept working, managed to achieve truly amazing things. Ian Leslie bounced back from a failed change initiative to deliver a world-class IT transformation. Sumit Kohli hit his exacting deadline and used it as the perfect test environment for his implementation. And Colin McCarthy harnessed his entire workforce to drive crowd-powered development of his ITSM platform. On the next episode of The Changemakers, we'll jump forward in time to discover what their transformations really achieved. Did they help IT teams work smarter? Or did they end up on the scrap heap as yet another vanity project? Coming up. Most people get too wedded to the tools rather than the real problem statement. When you take a tool-centric view, it's akin to the other statement which you would have heard, right? If the only tool you have in your backpack is a hammer, everything looks to you like a nail. Try to understand what the problem statement is and what problem you're trying to solve. What is your vision of what is it that you want to solve for? If you take a tool-centric approach, you'll forget about the users. You'll forget about the real problem. You'll forget about the process. And then you may have a case where the tool is implemented in the best possible way and you have an operation successful, but the patient is dead. Thanks for joining us. To learn more about our Changemakers and deep dive articles into each interviewee, visit changemakers.freshworks.com stories. Please rate and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. The Changemakers is a production from Freshworks. Additional production by Studio Pod Media, narration by me, Mercy Lee Bell, writing from Campfire Labs, and our editing is by Nota Lab. 